0: This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. That's Steven Sahoyas, I'm Wesley Chang, and we are here to talk some fantasy football takes as we head into the final week of the fantasy football season. There are a lot of fluid situations happening in the NFL right now. Stevie, tell us what's going on in New Orleans.
1: With the Saints, if you've had Alvin Kamara on your fantasy team, you've just been rolling through the regular season, but now with the playoffs getting close, you're starting to get a little bit nervous because Kamara just hasn't produced what we've seen from him over these last couple of weeks. And that coincides exactly with Taysom Hill starting at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Over these past two weeks, Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara have both seen the same number of snaps, which is a big concern for Alvin Kamara because we know he's been dominating that backfield in snaps and touches. And in fantasy, the production has actually leaned in favor of Latavius Murray. He's far outperforming Alvin Kamara over these past couple of games. And some of this might be due to the fact that Kamara's been popping up on the injury report with this foot injury. But ultimately... We really don't know exactly what's going on, but we do know that it all started when Taysom Hill took over, so that could be a big reason why. We know Hill hasn't liked to throw the short dump-off passes to Kamara the way Drew Brees did. He's only been targeted three times since Hill took over, so I think there's definitely reason to be worried with Alvin Kamara. I think he's more of an RB2 now that we've seen two games of this happening with him, and I think Latavius Murray also slides into the RB2 conversation as well. Another situation that's
0: concerning is Houston and the wide receiver fallout with Will Fuller now suspended with that PED violation. Fuller leaves behind a really big void in this offense. He was on pace for a career year. He was gonna put up over a thousand receiving yards and over 10 touchdowns, and he leaves behind seven targets per game and 30% of Houston's air yards. Who ultimately hurts the most here? It's Deshaun Watson. He's been coming off a career year with DeAndre Hopkins no longer in town. But unfortunately, with Fuller, his number one deep uh, deep target downfield, he no longer has an option to get some of those big-time plays. Fuller had three touchdowns of 40 yards or more. Nobody in the NFL has more than him other than Tyreek Hill. And on Houston, the only other players to have a play of that nature is Jordan Aikens and Brandon Cooks. They each have one. So when it comes to the wideout position now, what's vacated? Well, Cooks was actually leading the league in targets, but he'll be able to take on the wide receiver one role in this offense. Kiki Cutie is the other name that you should be paying, paying attention to here. You would think it's Randall Cobb, but he's actually away on IR. Kenny Stills. He's actually now off on waivers. So it's these two players who are going to get a slight lift in the production. Cooks has the opportunity to flirt with wide receiver one value. I think he'll be more of an upside wide receiver two. Kiki Cutie,
1: he's got the chance to be a high upside wide receiver three the rest of the way. The Los Angeles Chargers saw a big shift in the way they do things this past week with the return of Austin Eckler. We saw Keenan Allen see only 10 targets. Mike Williams only saw five. And Austin Eckler saw 16 targets. He ultimately had 30 overall RB opportunities because he had 16 targets and 14 carries. And his 11 receptions and 14 carries combined for 25 total touches, which led the Chargers and was a career high for Eckler. This is going to be a bit of an issue for Keenan Allen fantasy managers. Now, he's not moving forward. Too far down the rankings. He's still a wide receiver one, but the issue with Allen is now we might not see some of those massive target shares that we've become accustomed to seeing with him. And Mike Williams, he just becomes even more boom or bust at this point. He was already a wide receiver three. I still have him as a wide receiver three, but this more spread out offensive approach is definitely going to hurt his fantasy value. Additionally, if you have Austin Eckler, You have a a running back one moving forward the rest of the season. I really like Eckler, especially in those half-point and full-point PPR leagues because you know he's going to be getting a lot of work in the passing game. So Eckler's return has kind of shaken up this offense. It hurts Allen for sure, and it hurts Williams, but I'm not downgrading those guys too much or overreacting because ultimately those guys are going to get their targets as well. zone More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. DAZN, zone. You're watching the lineup on Yahoo Sports, and now Wesley and I are going to dig into some home run plays that you can add off the waiver wire. And we're starting off at the QB position. Kirk Cousins has been extremely efficient this year, Wes, on a Vikings team that's known for running the football, but he's worked his way into fantasy relevance coming into week 13.
0: Yeah, in week 12, even with Adam Thielen out of the lineup, Cousins was able to put together the highest graded PFF performance he had on the entire season. And he did this by getting seven different completions to four different receivers on this lineup. On the year, he's surprisingly actually been the fifth highest graded QB out of everyone in the entire NFL. And on the season, he's actually putting up QB 13 production. Now, out of 11 quarterbacks, who've averaged nine, 0.0 0.0, 0 um, average depth of target or above, Wilson is the only quarterback to have a higher completion percentage than Kirk Cousins. Over the last five games, he's had a 12 to 1 TD to interception ratio and he gets his final soft matchup of the season up against Jacksonville in week 13. If you're fighting for that last playoff spot in your leagues, make sure to take Cousins as a home run play to help you get to the final uh, final rounds.
1: Well, as I'm bringing back one of my favorite players, a gold card member of the Athleticism Through the Roof Club, and that's Denzel Mims of the New York Jets. In his last three games, he's topped 60 yards in each match, and I really like his Week 13 setup against the Las Vegas Raiders. This isn't a defense I'm going to shy away from. They're giving up the 14th most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season, and I think Mims can take advantage of that matchup. He could have had... A few more big-time catches this past week against the Miami Dolphins. He just came up short, but they are trying to get him the ball down the field, and it's only a matter of time before he starts to connect and get a hold of those long and deep passes. So I really like Mims. I think now that he's got four or five games under his belt since joining the Jets and making his NFL debut, he's starting to come into his own. And the Jets, it's always a pass pass game script they're never ahead in games they're always chasing the score so that means they'll keep throwing the football deep into football games and i really like denzel mims and i do like this setup in week 13 against the raiders desperate times call for desperate measures
0: and you know things are tough when stevie and i are going back to back recommendations on a new york jet well cue frank the tank now i get it i get it you might think i'm crazy right but Actually, since LaMichael Rhyme went down, Gore's had some pretty um, supporting numbers to say he's going to have good fantasy production. He's had 38 touches over the last two weeks. He's had 83% of all the touches out of his backfield. And believe it or not, his numbers actually don't compare too bad, even though he is kind of like a punching bag when it comes to fantasy production. Ezekiel Elliott... Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, all average 3.9 yards per attempt. Frank Gore is only at 3.7. So he's really not that far off some of these more flashy running backs that we see in fantasy. And most importantly, as Stevie mentioned, he gets a very soft matchup here up against the Las Vegas Raiders, who are the second worst graded run defense in the NFL. Ito Smith and Brian Hill just came off of a 21 combined fantasy performance in week 12 against this team. And I'm saying going into your final week of the fantasy season, Frank Gore is a high floor running back three who is touchdown dependent. But if he gets there, you'll be thanking me after you get into the playoffs.
1: Lastly, I'm going to talk about Rams running back Cam Akers. So I think, you know, obviously Frank Gore has this higher floor, a little bit of a lower ceiling. Ken Akers is kind of the opposite. There's a lot more volatility with Akers. He has a lower floor, but the ceiling can be extremely high. And last week when the Rams were struggling to do anything really on offense, it was Akers who broke away with a 61-yard run, which he then capped off later with a touchdown. I think Akers is starting to get a little bit more comfortable in this offense. Since the Rams' bye week, he is second on the team in touches. And he just, to me has looked much better than Daryl Henderson, who has really struggled over these last couple of games. I know Malcolm Brown's been getting some of the passing game work, but there's nothing that suggests Akers, especially when you look at his college profile, also can't be a factor in the passing game. So I like the Rams, especially in this Week 13 matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, to have some success moving the football. And I think it's only a matter of time before we start to see Cameron Akers really dominate the snaps. Because that's another thing. He's been third on the team as far as the running backs go in snaps. I'd like to see a little bit more of that before I give him the full vote of confidence. But if you need a home run play, you need someone to really come through in that second running back slot, try Cam Akers out in week 13.
0: This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. On to the waiver wire. Stevie, you got a wide receiver that fantasy managers should be targeting as a final play for the regular season.
1: I really like Nelson Aguilar in week 13 against the New York Jets. The Jets are tied for allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receiver this season. And Aguilar is really the number one wide receiver on the outside. Hunter Renfro plays almost exclusively in the slot. And Henry Ruggs, at this point, is really nothing more than a deep play specialist. He's still not fully polished as a receiver. He had a drop in the red zone last week. I do like Aguilar as the receiver that when Derek Carr needs to pick up a play and they line up in these two wide receiver sets, He's the one he's going to look for. Obviously, Waller is the number one receiving option in general. But when it comes to wide receivers, I think Aguilar is the number one on the Raiders. And like I said, against the Jets, that's a really friendly matchup. He's been the most relied upon outside target for the Raiders this season. And I think he can have a good game. We saw that their offense was stalling a bit against the Falcons. It was just an ugly game to watch in general. A lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppy play by the Raiders. But I think in Week 13 against the Jets, they should have a lot of success passing the ball and relying on that a bit more if Josh Jacobs is out. So I like Aguilar as a low-end wide receiver two, high upside wide receiver three. With reports indicating Tua
0: Tagovailoa is going to be missing multiple weeks, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a name that you should consider as a QB for the rest of the season, including the fantasy playoffs. Over the season, Fitzpatrick's actually been really good. He's averaged 21 fantasy points per game in 7 starts, he's been the QB 9, and outside of Week 1, he's actually only had one matchup where he's put up less than 18 fantasy points in any single week. After a QB 8 performance last week versus the Jets, he gets another soft matchup against a Cincinnati defense who was ranked dead last in QB pressures at 68 on the season. With Miami fighting for a rare playoff spot in this 2020 season, this is pretty much a must-win game for Miami in Week 13 as they get three out of the four next matchups against winning teams, uh, teams with winning records. So feel free to get Fitzpatrick lined up for your matchup in Week 13, and for
1: the fancy playoffs, he should be able to still provide some very productive weeks as well. Now, originally, I had Jalen Rager slotted into this spot of the show, but Carson Wentz's inability to get him the ball and to miss him when there's literally nobody covering him and not throw the ball to him in those situations has really taken him off the fantasy radar. And instead, I'm going to talk about Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills because when John Brown has been out, Davis has really stepped up his game. He's been actually one of probably the more underrated rookie wide receivers this season. In the three games Brown has missed, Davis has topped 50 yards in two of those contests. And in Week 13 against the San Francisco 49ers, I think he'll be targeted quite a bit. We know the Niners have Richard Sherman back, and he'll probably see a lot of Stephon Diggs. And that's probably not a matchup that Diggs is going to win all day long. So I could see the Bills and Josh Allen leaning on Gabriel Davis on the other side of the field a little bit more in this Week 13 contest. He's been... A big target for Allen. He's got a big frame. He's not the fastest receiver on the field, but his speed's pretty good considering his size. And if you need a wide receiver three in week 13, Gabriel Davis can do the job. Allen Lazard
0: is another wideout who provides sneaky value off of the waiver wire. Now that he's returned from his core muscle injury, he's been slowly getting back into the lineup. But in week 12, MVS he actually had 60, uh, 56 of the snaps played, whereas Lazard was only out there for 33. You would think that means oh they're favoring MVS, but he had zero targets, whereas Lazard actually had six. And when you look at some of the deeper stats and you look at everyone beyond Devontae Adams, you'll see that Lazard is by and far the most reliable option Aaron Rodgers had uh, has out of his receiving core. Lazard's passer rating from Rodgers is just under 149, whereas MVS, Saint Brown, and Shepard are all sub 90. So. Even though, kind of like you were mentioning about rugs, MVS is their deep field decoy, Lazard is actually their true wide receiver too. And anytime you're in an offense with Aaron Rodgers, you're obviously gonna have good fantasy production. In his first three weeks, Lazard played 88% of Green Bay snaps. And as he recovers from his injury, you should expect him to slowly creep back up to those sort of snap counts. He's a high ceiling wide receiver three the rest of the season. Feel free to get him in there as a nice dart throw in the fantasy playoffs.
1: You're tuned in to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. And now we're going to dig into some running back insurance. With COVID running amok in the NFL right now, there's a lot of cases around the league. It's important to have these backup running backs on your bench just in case something happens. And in this first instance, we have James Conner who's going to miss this upcoming Steelers game whenever it is finally played with uh, a positive COVID-19 test. And that leaves Benny Snell, Wes, to be the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: First and foremost, thoughts and prayers to James Conner and his family. Hopefully, it passes very quickly. But unfortunately, with him missing this upcoming game and potentially the next, Benny Snell now steps into the RB1 role for this Pittsburgh offense, which has been humming. Now... Connor on the season, gets roughly 16 to 19 touches per game, and he gets two to four red zone looks per game. If Snell slides right into that role, he'll have immediate fantasy production at an RB2 level. Now, people are asking, is McFarlane gonna be able to split some of these um, touches with him? I think there's an argument to be made that that will happen, but Coach Mike Tomlin has voiced his confidence for Benny Snell to step straight into that role as Connor recovers. Benny Snell, He hasn't been great, so that's why it's tough recommending him here. But he has been efficient with his red zone looks. He's had nine red zone touches, and he's had three touchdowns from those opportunities. And he had that one explosive game to start the season where he put up 113 rushing yards. If Snell can come anything close to that, that immediately puts him into the RB2 discussion but up against two stout defenses back-to-back in Week 12 and 13, he'll likely be more on the back end of RB2, and maybe at worst even just ends up being a flex play. But regardless, if you have James Conner, you have to grab any Snell, and you have to put him into your lineups no matter what.
1: The situation with the Raiders isn't COVID-19 related, but it's due to the fact that Josh Jacobs, he's a bruising running back. If you watch his style of play, He gets the ball often, and he usually likes to make defenders pay for when they try to tackle him. Unfortunately, it was a freak incident where his ankle got rolled up on on a tackle, and luckily the reports are saying that it's not as bad as it looked, but if he were to miss time, Devontae Booker would step into his place, and Booker has been very good this year in the backup and change of pace role. He's averaging 5.5 yards per carry, and if it were to be that Jacobs misses time, this would be Booker's backfield, really. He would lead this Raiders team in carries, and that could be a rewarding position, especially if Jacobs can't go in Week 13 against the New York Jets. I think you'd have to put Booker into that RB2 conversation. So I really like Booker as, as someone, especially if you're a Jacobs manager, you probably should have had him as an insurance policy running back already. And if not, you better hope that you can scoop him up off the waiver wire.
0: Another player dealing with injury is Todd Gurley who suffered a knee injury in week 11. Now most of us know Todd Gurley has, has his long history with problems with his knee and that likely is gonna carry into week 13. He missed week 12 giving a chance for Brian Hill to start and Ido Smith to get touches. Here's the breakdown of how those two running backs did in that blowout versus Vegas. Smith only had 28 snaps. Uh, Brian Hill had 39, but of the red zone touches, Brian Hill didn't have a single one, whereas Ito Smith had all seven from the running uh, from the backfield. So, the way I look at it, Ito Smith is the one with the higher upside, even though Brian Hill is technically the starter. Uh, it's a two-headed, a two R, uh, two-headed RB committee here, and they're probably going to have similar RB value. But considering the matchup versus New Orleans. I gotta think, you gotta look for the guy who's most touchdown dependent. There's not gonna be a lot of yards to get after here. Ido Smith, if I had to pick one or the other, is probably your best bet to give you some fantasy production in the final week.
1: That's gonna do it for this episode of The Lineup on Yahoo Sports. But if you wanna stay up to date to everything related to the show, follow us on Instagram at Yahoo Sports CA. And if you're at YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button as well. My name's Steven Sahoys. That's Wesley Chang. Don't forget to set your lineup for week 13. We're running out of weeks of the regular season. You shouldn't be forgetting your lineup, but don't you forget entering week 13 of the NFL season.